Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's the list and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. And we're live. List and your boy, number 183. There ain't no party like a third party. <laughs> what a uh, what a way I, to jump in, Sean. I just want to say I always wondered what it would be like to get to 183, and the camera that I'm using, not even the good one. Just realize that I'll be darned. I, I'm not worthy of your good camera. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, you paid for it. You, it was you, you expensed it. So uh, that's good. That's good. So you're telling me off camera you got the weekend off this week. I'm not giving you enough work. <laughs> yeah. So a few months ago. <laughs> Me and Jimmy were talking about the future of like fightful MMA and all that stuff, and I love MMA, but I've also told Jimmy multiple times nothing will make you a casual fan of MMA quicker than covering MMA, because and this is the analogy I use: WrestleMania seven hours. We always complain that's every single Saturday for yeah. the UFC, and that's just the card. That's not the post show and all that, then waking up early Sunday and making sure all those articles are done. Yeah. Uh, so I want you guys to check out FightfulMMA.com. Check out our YouTube. It is at YouTube.com slash FightfulMMA. Shaquille Missouri is doing so much cool content. Uh, Jimmy was asking me about some of it off the air. He had Roxanne Modafferi, who is known as the nicest person at MMA, try to talk trash to Andrea Lee. Then he had Andrea Lee react to that trash talk. And it was very, very good. He's doing like great uh, weekly news updates. I think he does them a couple times a week. He's got Vitor Belfort talking about everything from, quite frankly, Anderson Silva rematches to his sister's murder. Like there's I didn't a, even know that. Oh, gosh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff there. He's got Eddie Alvarez, former UFC champion over there. Uh, he's got fighters predicting the winners of, of fights. This content is so good, so I want to send a thank you to him for that. Because I get the weekend off. <laughs> <laughs> they, awesome. they announced Michelle Watterson main eventing a card, and I said, thanks for taking the job, Shaq. I saw you a little while ago on Twitter. You were asking about new shows to watch. Have you seen The Boys? I haven't. It's freaking good, man. Really? I need yeah. to check it out. So it's on, uh, it might be Amazon Prime. 
and when I first heard about it, my wife is really big into, into the superhero stuff and Marvel and stuff, and I'm really not. And so when we heard about the boys and I saw like a like an ad for it and it's got like superhero characters, I told her, eh, superhero stuff. But then I saw the trailer and I yeah. thought, this is different. And so we it is good. We're like three episodes into to season one. It is a good show. Was it you that told me to watch Cobra Kai? Yes. Okay, so I started to watch it. I had watched the first couple of episodes when it was on YouTube or whatever. Yep. And my wife and I started to watch it, and I I never watched Karate Kid. I knew of the final scene. Yep. But it's pretty good. I think karate is a cult. <laughs> but and, and I'm serious. I've thought that for years and years and years. Yeah. Like karate sucks. Do not enroll your kids in karate. Whatever you guys do, it's, please don't do that. I mean, it's good for discipline and it's oh, good no, for no. the camaraderie. You don't think so? No, it's terrible. It gives it gives children a false sense of security and a false sense of knowing what they're doing. If anything, if anything, enroll them in Taekwondo. Preferably, you should probably be putting them in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or wrestling or Judo. I wouldn't suggest a striking sport, ideally, but, man, cult. Cult. <laughs> well, that, anyway, that show that show really shows you that. Well, I, Cobra Kai is cool if you if you watch the movies because there's a lot of nostalgia. It's a good show. So yeah, I so that's cool. The show. But the yeah. boy, the boys is really good because the, not that I want to give too much away. The superheroes are the, are the heels. Yes, and it's it's really good. So like I said, check out the boys. So we're going to uh, go deep, deep into WWE's latest declaration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have lots of information. We got lots of visuals. So if you're watching this on YouTube versus listening to the audio uh, version, uh, you're going to get some visuals on the YouTube version today. I want to start by asking Sean Ross Sapp, the the reputable journalist of Fightful.com, tell me the facts first. It started with a conference call. When was the call? What was said on the call? So I don't even know if it started with a conference call. Okay. A lot of the high-level wrestlers that I spoke to said they heard about the call, implying they weren't on the call. Oh. Um, but, yeah, there was a call. It wasn't this past Sunday. It was the Sunday before that. Now, I have also spoken with, with Raj Geary, who did the, the original report, because I had heard about this Thursday night uh, when the letter came out. When the letter came out, there, were, there was a, some stuff cleared up, but not really. There's a lot of back and forth, and the the term I'll use is fogginess. There's a whole lot of fogginess. What did Vince say? What was said on the call? Who said what? What exactly did they say, and what did it mean? I think WWE was purposely vague, and I think they did it as a scare tactic personally. But it was indicated that they could not use uh, third parties uh, on that call. Then, in Vince's letter, he clarified it a little bit and this one came addressed from vince himself i mean straight to the point to where he signed it vince one name um and i, I mean you, you ha- i know that you have that letter ready to pull up yep. but it, it did not clear up a lot of things like a lot of the wrestlers one were mad they were mm-hmm. very mad not about the idea that they couldn't use wwe ip but because it was so unclear what is wwe ip now, I'm going to just say, I'm going to throw out a couple examples. Randy Orton's been known to stream. That's his real name. Mm-hmm. Jessamine Duke uses her real name. That's mm-hmm. her name. And it was her name in the UFC. She was on cable TV long before WWE. That's her real name. Yep. 
AJ Styles is not AJ Styles' real name. But he owns but it, I believe, doesn't he? Yes, but he's had it for 20 years. Yes. Now, does WWE trademark every single thing? That they that every single name? How does that work? A lot of these people did not know what they'd be able to do. You look over at Stokely Hathaway, Malcolm Bivens. His night show that he's doing with um, with Karen Q, he's using the name Cardigan Lamborghini. I saw that. So I look at that, and I'm wondering, was he ahead of the curve here? You look at Billy Kay. She got interviewed by Chris Van Vliet. You'll notice that on the headline, it does not say Billy Kay. It says Jessica McKay. It says her real name. There are so many levels to this, Jimmy. Yeah, and I'm assuming she did that out of fear. Is that why she wanted her real name used? She did ask Chris to, to use her real name. I, I asked Chris, and um, yeah, he, he and he told me he was afraid that she would be like, oh, we can't put the interview up, but he just said... Yeah, she asked me to use that just to be safe. And Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, you mentioned the letters. Let's start with that. So this is Media One, uh, Camillo. I actually had to label all, number all the media because I got so much today. So this is uh, from FightfulSelect.com, posted by Sean, uh, detailing the letter written by Vince McMahon. I think it was last Thursday uh, that it went out. Now, how? tell me about the letter. Like, Was this a hard copy given to guys at a taping or something? Well, I got it sent to me digitally, so I would say not. Yeah, I got it sent to me digitally, and full disclosure, guys, Jimmy asked for it, and I said, no, I don't want to do that because I don't want them to claim that as WWE IP, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but they have in the past claimed documents to be their IP, so I didn't want to get like the show pulled down or anything, but that is verbatim what it says. It says, furthering my comments last Sunday regarding the reinvention of our product, it is imperative that we promote and protect our brand in every conceivable way. Some of you are engaged with outside third parties using your name or likeness in ways that are detrimental to our company. It is imperative that these activities be terminated within the next 30 days by Friday, October 2. Continued violations will result in fine, suspension, or termination at WWE's discretion. These actions are necessary in order to rebuild our brand as we enter the next phase of growth at WWE. I thank you for your cooperation in this matter and for all your efforts towards the rejuvenation of WWE, signed Vince, end quote. Now, I reached out to WWE about this because there, there's a lot out there, a lot of people saying, oh, well, this was just a giant overreaction. This was this. No, it wasn't a giant overreaction because nobody knew. Nobody, even in the company, knew what they were allowed to do or weren't allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Up until like Friday of last week, there were a lot of people that were still very, very unclear about this. And as Hannah pointed out, uh, they, they do have an app for their talent. Uh, so that, that's how they get this. But they, they just weren't given clarity. And I asked WDB for comment, and I specifically said, does this extend to people using their real names? Does this extend to people using their real names? That was not answered whatsoever. It, it was not clarified whatsoever. And I was asking as much for wrestlers as I was for myself because they did not know, Jimmy. Yeah, well, um, let's post the statement next that WWE issued you. This is Media 3, Camillo. Put up the statement. This, this was in direct response to my email uh, I said, uh, I almost said the, the PR person name. I said, <laughs> hey, WWE, for the third-party activities that are being ceased, is this for talent using WWE IP, their real names, or altogether? Thank you. And this is what I got in response. 
Yep, so basically you see there, much like Disney and Warner Brothers, WWE creates, promotes, and invests in, in its intellectual property, i.e. the stage names of performers like The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns, Big E, and Braun Strowman. It is the control and exploitation of these characters that allows WWE to drive revenue, which in turn enables the company to compensate performers at the highest levels, blah, blah, blah. Um, we've, talked before, we've talked before about this, Sean. Yeah. Hollywood and wrestling are very different. And, and I know that Vince McMahon, going back decades, has tried to pretend that WWE is at the same level as a movie or as a television show. And going back again to the documentary when he said, we make movies. He's long in his head, or at least publicly wanted that to be the perception. And that's just not the case. Wrestling is very different. When it comes to movies, Robert Downey Jr. can do Iron Man, and he is Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Right? Yes. How many pro wrestlers, the average pro wrestler, do they know that Roman Reigns' real name is Joe Anawaii? The average yeah, exactly. pro, or not pro wrestlers, fans, wrestling fans. No, they don't. They know him as Roman Reigns. Wrestlers, to a large degree, are their characters all the time. And this is the difference. And, and so for, for them to say, uh, oh, you create whatever the hell that thing just said, Disney and Warner Brothers and stage names, we know it's bullshit. I'm going to explain to you in a minute why, why it's bullshit and how it's bullshit, but it is bullshit. But uh, the next thing I want to put up, because this news spread very quickly. Well, before we get into that, do you remember how many people were giving Jordan Grace and Ethan Page crap on social media when they were changing their Twitter to Jordan Grace, performed by Trisha Parker, Ethan Page, performed by Julian? They right. look pretty smart right now. A lot of them started doing right it, remember? Like like Nia Jax started using her real name on Twitter. Oh, yeah. A lot of them started doing it, and that's going back a year ago, I yeah. think, plus. I, I mean, Enzo, I mean, he was ahead of it, too. I mean, he was going by Real One on Twitter a long, long time ago, which is something that he owns. Right. Even, hey, look at look at Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. They, they saw the writing on the wall. They weren't getting royalties from the Bullet Club. Right. So they were like, we're going to start the Elite. That's worked out pretty good for them, owning their own IP. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the news of the spread, uh, the reaction was pretty universally negative. And probably the most public attention came from Andrew Yang. So he was a U.S. presidential candidate, lifelong wrestling fan. Uh, he went off on Twitter, and uh, that's Media 2, Camillo. Put up uh, Andrew Yang's tweet for a minute. Uh, I don't know if everybody can read this, depending on the size of your screen, but at the very top it says, if I'm not the Secretary of Labor, and he's talking about after the next election, I'm pretty confident I'll have his or her number to talk about the ridiculous classification of WWE wrestlers as independent contractors while controlling their name and likeness for years, even for something as benign as Cameo. And then he goes on to talk about Vince McMahon and, and, and a bunch of other stuff. Now, most recently, and I asked you about this off camera uh, the other day, most recently, uh, Dave Meltzer reported that at Raw this week, talent was supposedly given a little bit more clar- uh, clarification. They were told that they're going to be able to maintain YouTube and Twitch accounts, uh, but they'd have to do so under their real names as opposed to their WWE ring names. Meltzer said that the belief was that Cameo would not be allowed. Have you heard anything more about that? Okay, so first off, uh, while we're talking about money, I, I, because I didn't get to do it, I want to encourage everybody, if you're watching live on YouTube, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap the bell for notifications. If you want your question or statement read on the air, if you've got something to chime in about this, donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. Uh, most, much, are, much of the materials that we're using on this were first reported on FightfulSelect.com. Head over there and subscribe. That supports us greatly. And I've got exclusive news over there. 
every single day. I make sure to have everything up there every single day. Um, so I talked to one wrestler very high up, and it was the only wrestler that wasn't complete. I don't want to say completely upset, but wasn't like, oh, this sucks. And they said, I get it with the cameo thing that cuts into our virtual meet and greets. And part of the conversation I had with another wrestler was, yeah, it cuts into our meet and greets, but here's the thing. Roman Reigns charges, how much did he charge, Jimmy? 500 bucks. 500 bucks. Uh, and he would still be able to charge 500 bucks as Joanna Hawaii. That's, I mean, that's less people would find it, but he'd still be able to do that. If WWE does their virtual meet and greets for 150, 200 bucks, he might make 30 off right. that. Yep. 30, 40, something like that. And I get it. And virtual meet and greets is a very low effort thing. But also, you're talking about virtual meet and greets having to deal with somebody else's tech problems, yep. your own tech problems. Creative freedom. One, creative freedom. It's a one-on-one -on -one interaction. And here's my thing. I understand IP. If WWE does not want Big E going on Cameo and saying, hi, I'm Big E, and then using a catchphrase, if it is trademarked by WWE, that's fine. I completely get that, and, and that should be fine. However, restricting them from being on Cameo, that is ridiculous. That is absurd, and a lot of people are very, very upset about that because, Jimmy, there, there's at least one person that got that left WWE this year that I know within like a month and a half made ten grand off Cameo. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, last I checked, some WWE talent had uh, changed over to their legal names on Twitch and Cameo. Uh, here is Paige's Twitch channel. This is Media 4, Camillo. You can see there on the left there, uh, Saraya. What's a, how do you pronounce her name again? Saraya? Saraya. Saraya yeah. Official. And I didn't – see, I'm not a Twitch person. I talked to Sean off the air about this. I'm not a Twitch person. Didn't know that Malcolm Bivens had a Twitch show. Didn't know that, uh, that Paige was big on Twitch. But you see that she kept hers going and just changed the name over. Uh, here is Alexa Bliss's Cameo channel. This is Media Oh, by, by the way – Paige makes an insane amount of money on Twitch. Like, to me personally, I don't want to speak for her, but if you were to say, hey, Sean, which would she pick if she had to? I think she'd pick the gig where she can sit at home and stream on her webcam and make six figures every single year and owns herself creatively. Because mm -hmm. I, I had, I don't want to kind of give away who it was, but I had somebody saying, yeah, like, Paige jokes she's the queen of Twitch. She really is. Like, she's one of the hottest things on there. Well, good for her. Good for her. Put up Alexa Bliss's cameo channel. This is Media 5. This happened uh, right after this news first broke uh, last Friday, I think it was. She changed her, to her real name, Lexi Kaufman. Now, uh, you talked earlier about IP and all that stuff. She lists WWE Superstar underneath her real name. I don't know if WWE would be so particular as to, as to have a problem with that. You can also see the picture she chose. That does not look like a WWE-produced image. It looks like yes. an image she took herself. So it would seem that that's okay, again, unless WWE wants to be nitpicky about the fact that she put up WWE Superstar. Now, other talent, at least as of September 8th, which is when I had the time to, to look this stuff up, other talent doesn't seem to give a shit as of yet. Uh, one being Big E, put up his cameo page, uh, Media 6. So as of September 8th, his still said Big E, uh, one-third of the New Day, and that image that he's got up is very clearly a WWE-produced image. So uh, maybe he doesn't give a shit, or maybe he's changed <laughs> it since because I haven't had a chance uh, to look. I'll say this. What are they going to do? 
fire him. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, well, so I want to cover three points about this. Uh, the first point, as we kind of already alluded to, is money. And anybody yeah. that's going to say, well, why is WWE doing this? Money is the reason that WWE is doing this. There's no other reason. They can say whatever they want about protecting their brand and reinventing ourselves and all this garbage. That's a lie and it's bullshit. It's money. That's the reason why they're doing it. Dave Meltzer posted this on the Wrestling Observer message board because I want to cover as much as we can and, and debunk whatever yeah, we can, whatever. So on the, on the Wrestling Observer message board, he wrote, quote, the straw that broke the camel's back was C.J. Perry's bang energy drink commercials. C.J. Perry being uh, Lana. Lana responded on Twitter to Meltzer's comment. That's Media 7, Camillo. And she said, I am not the straw that broke the camel's back. You know who you are, and that is false. But thank you for writing about me, all of you. I am your escape goat. Uh, and then Miro, a.k.a. Rusev, posted a video on YouTube basically crapping all over Meltzer saying that it's not true. Uh, however, maybe her ex- specific example isn't true, but guaranteed that those types of deals got on WWE's radar and is one of the reasons why they want to try to to clamp down on this. But that's only one of the reasons. Back in July on the Q2 earnings call, WWE was asked about interactive fan experiences. This is, this is when they weren't yeah. doing anything in I, terms I, of I interactive. Need, I just need to, to kind of step in for a second. A lot of people were dragging Lana for a scapegoat. She's been pretty transparent about her issues with, with, quite frankly, reading when she was younger. Really? Aim a, aim a, yeah, aim a little bit higher than that, guys. Don't be jerks. Also, Lana's had this deal for like a year. She's been doing Bang Energy for like a year. And on Instagram, is it not? Yeah. And, like it's, and the issue they are having is not with Instagram. I mean, yeah, that, to what I understand. And... I the thing is there are some situations where you hear from all these blue check marks that, that come into your inbox. Oh, this is definitely what it was. This is definitely what it was. And there are so many different things that it can't possibly be all that. So I just stayed away from it. I right. was like, there's no way it could possibly definitely be all this. I think it was a cumulative thing personally. Yes. yes. Like uh, I agree 100. I don't think it was one thing. I think now I, I want to put up this next graphic to kind of uh, illustrate my point that I think it came down to money. So on the Q2 earnings call, they were asked about interactive fan experiences. Thanks to WrestleNomics for putting up this graphic on uh, Twitter. This is Media 8, Camillo. So at the top there, the question they were asked on the call was, are there other, other interactive fan experiences being discussed to help circumvent the lack of crowd or event revenue? And this is when COVID was first happening. Jay, uh, Jaylar Dunlin, he's the EVP of Advanced Media, he responded, and you can see what he said there. He said, during this unprecedented time, we're doing more to engage our fans in an interactive manner, especially on digital and social platforms. This includes everything from live interactive video with our superstars on things like Instagram to expanding our presence on platforms like Twitch or TikTok. Now, going along with that, and, and we've already kind of talked about this before, WWE talent, they get paid on Cameo to make a video for two minutes about whatever the hell they want. Uh, Roman Reigns, he goes by Joe Roman Reigns on Hawaii. They, they don't have to make it two minutes. They can make it as long as they want. Okay, they can make okay. it 10 seconds. The, the WWE meet and greets are usually about two minutes. Okay. Well, Roman Reigns, who goes by Joe Roman Reigns on Hawaii on Cameo, he charges 500 bucks a shot. We saw Alexa Bliss's screenshot. She charges $400 for a video. Um, I don't think that most talent makes a significant portion of their income from the Twitches and Cameos of the world, but Mm -hmm. some do. 
and 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 we mentioned Paige as an example. I don't know how many videos Roman Reigns is doing because I notice on Cameo he's oftentimes unavailable, like his status mm-hmm. is unavailable. But when he does do them, he knocks out a bunch in one shot because a lot of them are made public, and so some of them are making are making a lot of money. And so I think the very obvious thing again is WWE wants their piece. They want to yeah. get they want to get in on the action and they want to force their talent to participate through their platform as opposed to through a third-party platform, which means, like you said uh, a few minutes ago, WWE is going to get the most of that money. They're going to get the majority of it, uh, and the talent also is not going to get the creative freedom that they've had. And that's what they're looking to do, I think. Yeah, and uh, we, we have some some super chats that are pertinent to this. Chris Rain said, Zaya Brookside is ending her Patreon after this month. Um, Queen Hannah says... Cameo and virtual meet and greets are completely different. You're face to face and asking questions. Cameo, you get like 500 characters. I don't even think it's that. I think it's like 200 characters, maybe, isn't it? Like, I don't know because everything I needed to say, I was able to say no problem. Mm-hmm. I, I maybe it is 500. I don't know what it was, but I just remember it being really short because I tried to hire JTG uh, for a thing a couple weeks ago and it didn't work. Uh, but she says you, you use this many characters for them to say happy birthday or something. No real interaction. That's true. Um, and Jobber FTF says, I wouldn't have known who Sean or Jimmy was or what Fightful was if it wasn't for WrestleTalk and SRS doing third-party appearances on Quizzlemania. Yeah, a lot of that stuff. I mean, for us, it's a little bit different. A little bit different. WWE is not going to – like, their wrestlers probably aren't going to find a wider platform than WWE. However – the crossover between the gaming community and WWE is something that can draw people in. There are a lot of people that can find them through Twitch or, or video game streams and become fans of them as a result. So, I mean, I definitely, I definitely see that. By the way, guys, donate a Super Chat. Get your question or statement right on the air. I want to mention a side note, and I posted this on Twitter the other day. I came across one of the ad banners that Cameo uses to buy media yeah. on platforms such as Facebook. Uh, and I think that this is kind of noteworthy. So put this up. This is Media 9. This is one of the ad banners that Cameo uses. You see who's uh, in the middle of that graphic. And uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that that is not a picture of a Tor Ewan, which is Big E's real name. That is a picture yes. of WWE superstar Big E. That is very clearly a WWE-produced photo. And I would like to think that a company the size of Cameo would not be using WWE IP without permission. I think, yeah. that, I think they'd be much smarter to do it, especially when it comes to an ad buy. And so I think not only was WWE aware of Cameo for a while, I think they were totally cool with it. And I think the only thing that changed is that they want to get into doing their own fan experiences that people pay them directly for. And they want to kind of cut the legs out from under their talent and not allow them to do it on their own. Uh, and that's all this is to me. This, this basically comes down to money. And... Yep. Uh, We'll see how it plays out, you know? We'll see how it plays out, Sean. Uh, I want to move on to legality, but before I do, do you have anything else to add about uh, the first point? Yeah, Evan Wright (laughs) brings up a a BTE thing, and I know you don't watch BTE, but there's a lot of references of Brody Lee being like Vincent Mann, and on there, Brody Lee told Evil Uno he had to change his name on Twitch because he owns that IP. There you go. I love that. Evan Wright says, poor Evil Uno has to change his name on Twitch. Curse that Brody Lee claiming his name is intellectual property. Yeah, and uh, let me tell you, there were a lot of people not just confused about this last week. There were a lot of wrestlers upset. I would I would say livid. <laughs> livid is a word that I would use mm-hmm. uh, about this. With one, say, or, okay, one saying, um, 
they, they didn't care. Uh, everyone else that does this stuff said we're not stopping it no matter what. Yep. And almost everybody kind of in agreement that I spoke to that, that at least was on that side of the fence that if WWE didn't want them doing this stuff, they would have to renegotiate their contracts. And there would be have to be many provisions changed from how WWE could get out of them to the amount that they're paid to how they're able like how they're able to utilize themselves because this was all before they were they were told oh you can but maybe under your real names and there's still some fogginess Jimmy because there are people all up and down that roster that either one have names that they owned before WWE mm-hmm. have names that they used but didn't technically own before WWE or just flat out use their real names mm-hmm. and WWE has trademarked those um I had another wrestler high up that said, hey, Vince did not tell us that he owned our real names. And I included that in the report. And that's when when Raj from Wrestling Inc. reached out and said, well, that's what was said on the call, and it wasn't said by Vince. But then in the letter, Vince specifically outlines, as I said on Sunday, so Vince was on that call per his own letter. It's just, man, it's so foggy. It's such a mess. And it's so confusing, Jimmy. Well, I'm going to still. I'll clear up the fogginess in terms of legality. I can't clear up the fogginess in terms of what Vincent Mann is thinking in his brain, but I can clear it up when it comes to legality. So, yeah. uh, so let's talk about the legality of it. Now, I'm not an employment lawyer, and I am not a U.S. based employer. However, I have dealt with a shit ton of employment contracts. And, uh, and I've got a pretty good understanding of this stuff. The first thing that I did Deal when this— mine, Jimmy. Oh, I, I'm familiar with yours, too. And the, the first thing that I did when the story broke is I looked up the definition of an independent contractor according to the IRS. Yeah. Because, again, WWE is a U.S.-based employer. So first thing I looked up—this is Media 10. Put that up, Camillo. This is from the IRS website, and I want you to scroll down to the third paragraph says you are not an independent contractor if you perform services that can be controlled by an employer, what will be done and how it will be done. This applies even if you are given freedom of action. What matters is that the employer has the legal right to control the details of how the services are performed. And the very last thing, if an employer-employee relationship exists, regardless of what the relationship is called, you are not an independent contractor. Uh, So I think that's very interesting. Now, to go along with this... Someone in WWE, as you mentioned, was, was claiming that they own the rights to legal names. WrestleNomics, again, they posted a couple of notable clauses from a talent contract on Twitter. And apparently this is Stephanie McMahon's talent contract because that makes it interesting. Plus, uh, I guess it protects the other wrestlers from you know, feeling any heat. And we have those clauses. Put up 11A, Camillo. This is from a talent contract. Uh, and it says at the top there, all service trademarks and other distinctive and identifying indicia, uh, indicia used by a wrestler prior to the effective date in connection with the business of professional wrestling. And I highlighted that for a reason. And then it says, uh, including but not limited to wrestler's legal name. That's the important point in connection with the business of professional wrestling. Now put up 11B. Same thing here, except for the rest of intellectual property, and I highlighted legal name, and at the very bottom, created and or used by or associated with wrestlers' performance in the business of professional wrestling or sports entertainment. And so to answer the question, Randy Orton can do uh, Twitch or Cameo as Randy Orton. AJ Styles owns the IP. He can do Twitch or Cameo as AJ Styles. John Cena can do Twitch or Cameo as John Cena. Can they do it? Can, can John Cena put up a picture in a neon green T-shirt and a neon green ball cap 
going like this? Probably not. Although, because he's John Cena, he could probably do whatever the hell he wants. But legally, probably not. Can Randy Orton put up a picture in a, in a WWE ring doing an RKO? Probably not. Can AJ Styles put up one wearing like the hoodie thing and going like this? Probably not. Otherwise, they can do it. And if WWE says they can't, they're full of shit because, yes. they, because they can. And so in terms of fogginess, so long as they are not doing anything, I can't recall the exact wordage, but it said, basically said in relation to the business of professional wrestling, so long as they're not doing something regarding that uh, when it comes to WWE IP, they can do it. Now, uh, my belief, and I've, I've already kind of mentioned this, is WWE cannot stop any of these people from using third-party platforms, including Cameo, so long as they don't use their legal name, or I'm, I'm sorry, so long as they do use their legal name, so long as they don't use any WWE IP, uh, and that includes ring name, WWE photos, signature catchphrases or mannerisms, props, gimmicks, music, anything considered IP. So long as they stick to those things, I don't think WWE can do shit. Exactly. And, and I told you this off the air uh, because somebody mentioned this to me on Twitter. WWE is known to be spiteful. And oh, so yeah. just because they can't legally prevent talent from doing that stuff doesn't mean that they can't, you know, start booking them like shit on TV or not booking them at all or releasing them for another public reason. And I know that's part of the problem here is that a lot of these people might think, well, they can't stop me from doing this, but they're afraid of the repercussions. Yeah, of course. So uh, everybody's afraid of being booked badly or poorly or released. And I mean, straight up, WWE says, oh, we can find you, we can suspend you, we can fire you. Right. And, and, and the, the fear of being fired is there now for a lot of wrestlers, not not the top guys, but for a lot of them, because they have seen that it happened. I mean, for the love of God, AOP, 26, 27 years old, right. got fired last week. Yep. They got released. That's that's not something that would have happened eight months ago right. in any situation in WWE. And there's a lot of situations where people should be getting fired right now and aren't. So still, there's a lot of questions surrounding that. I also want to send... Uh, a little shout out to friend of say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Fightful Chris Van Bleet. He's got an interview with Andrew Yang dropping tomorrow. We're going to cover that heavily on Fightful. Uh, so, I mean, there's... That's going to keep this in the headlines. This is not going anywhere. Right oh it, now. no, it's going to be a story for a while because they listed what was the what was the deadline they gave October second. Yes, and there's going to be a lot of wrestlers that don't listen to that deadline, and so the question is going to be what happens when October second comes if Big E still has his Big E cameo up because as you mentioned, they're not getting rid of Big E. Correct. So what's going to happen if his thing still says Big E? So uh, October second, you can almost circle that on the calendar, or maybe October third. But uh, that's going to be an interesting thing. The last point I want to make, but, and then we can move on, is timing. 
I yeah. want to I want to talk about the timing of this news because right now because of the pandemic, most of the talent in WWE they're only working one night a week, and if it's a pay per view uh, week, then they they're working two nights a week. That means they have more free time on their hands than they have ever had as a WWE superstar. And in addition to that, most of the income that these guys are making right now is their downside guarantee mm-hmm. because WrestleMania was scaled down. They didn't have the kind of you know, uh, payday that they would have not normally had out of that. There's no Saudi Arabia show for a while. There's no live events. Merch sales are lower. Their downside guarantee is where most of their money is coming. And the talent roster from top to bottom, they're not making big downside guarantees. Some are. Many are not. And so the first, the first thing that makes this shitty in terms of the timing is that they have this opportunity. they got six free days a week, and they got this opportunity to make, in some cases, significant extra money on these platforms. And now they're being told not to because WWE wants to take it all in-house and give them a fraction of what they're currently making. Exactly. So that timing is shitty. And then to go along with that, you've got a lot of talent that's been frustrated with Vince McMahon and with Stagnant Creative. For a long time, that's still happening. You've got talent leaving voluntarily, maybe more this year than any other year. Yeah. Talent leaving voluntarily. You've got the mishandling of the COVID-19 protocol. You had a bunch of releases and furloughs in April before announcing big quarterly numbers. Renee Young just quit and was very honest about how uh, about certain uh, aspects of, of what, what went on with her. For Vince McMahon to make this decision now about third-party platforms, given all that other shit going on, for him to make this decision now at this time shows me just how, to, how out of touch he really is because yeah. the timing could not be worse. Morale's already not great, and, and, uh, and so for them to throw this on top of everything else, it just kind of shows that he's just completely out of touch with his locker room. You could build a good roster of just people who have left or been released this year. Yeah. Like you, you got Rusev, Matt Hardy, FTR, AOP in there. Like You even got a broadcast team. You got Morrow and Renee. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's right. a ton of people. You got a referee. Left. You got Mike Kyoto. Yeah, you got all that. <laughs> but it, it's it is messy. It's really messy. And I'm just sitting here and I'm like, man, they got to know better. We've got a, a and few they don't. super chats. Patel Ron six says it's AJ Styles on the right. His name. Yes, he owns that trademark. Yes. And Maddie B Wrestling says, does WWE still own Cena's name? I saw an interview back in the day where Cena was all for it. I wonder if that's changed since he's in movies now. They still own that trademark. Yeah, but I'm, I'm gonna, I want to explain this one more time because I, I know the clip you're talking about. It was on Howard Stern. I think it was in 2005. And Absolutely. I'm pretty, yeah, exactly. And I'm pretty sure that if John Cena was asked the same questions in 2020 that he was asked in 2005, some of his answers would be different, I think. Yeah. Because in 2005, he was not even at his peak yet as a, as a main event level name. WWE does not own his legal name. They own the trademark to his name when it comes to whatever the verbiage was in the contract. Wrestling. Uh, yeah, his performance when it comes to professional wrestling. That is the only use, usage that they own. And as a matter of fact, they don't even own it. They have license to it. Yeah, that was, that but, was the verbiage in the talent contract is that they are given license to it when it comes to the business of professional wrestling. Well, for, for John Cena, it's a little bit more expansive. Um, I, I mean, boy, do they have him trademarked for everything. Uh, entertainment services, which could fall under that, but it says namely wrestling exhibits and performances. But it also they also have it for paper hang tags, packaging, blister cards, <laughs> clothing, tank tops, t-shirts, shirts, sports shirts, dress shirts, polo shirts, toys, action figures, uh, board games, playing cards, spinning toys, computer <laughs> software. 
uh, barrel bags, beach bags, duffel bags. You, you should just say bags. What's a barrel bag? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Barrel I mean, obviously, obviously that's, that's, that's like, you know, merchandising idea oh, or whatever. But It's like a barrel-shaped duffel bag is oh. what that is. Okay. Yeah. Well, you, what do I always ask you, Sean, whenever, uh, you know, you're going to think about posting something or when I'm going to think about posting something on social media, I always ask, what's the benefit? No, you say better to ask for forgiveness than for permission. Oh, that's what I definitely tell you. That's yeah, what you tell me every time. Yeah. But I always say, what's the benefit? And I would love to ask Vince McMahon, how much money do you really think that you're going to make off of your own interactive live fan experience that it warrants potentially killing your locker room even more, that it warrants morale taking even a bigger hit, and that it warrants potentially more guys jumping ship when their contracts run out? How much money do you think you're going to make to make it worth? The, the possible negative repercussions. That's the part that kills me because yep. they're not going to make so much money off these life and experiences to warrant that cost. They're not. Oh, I mean, I mean, not to always compare something to what I do, but the way that I look at it, we got a guy, Jeremy Lambert, who works really, really hard. If he asks me, hey, can I do something like recreationally in association with Fightful? I'm like, yeah, because that that is a creative it's a creative outlet. It helps boost morale. If it makes him happier, so be it. It doesn't harm us. So be it. That doesn't harm WWE. What th- these cameos do not harm WWE. If anything, if anything, it creates more of a connection. Like a lot of people will always remember the first wrestler that they ever met. There are going to be a lot of people that remember the first wrestler they got a video from or a cameo from, and they will build that that fandom, that that relationship forever as a result and become loyal fans of WWE. Going through WWE, mm, not so easy. I agree, and it has nothing to do with protecting their brand. I mean, it's just all nonsense. True. But yeah. that's what they're doing. Well, let's move on. I want to talk about Matt Hardy. Well, before we do that, we got a couple super chats. Okay. A reminder, donate. Get your question statement read on the air. Maddie B. Wrestling says, thanks for that uh, clarification on John Cena. And Patel Ron Six says, enjoyed the Monday Night Live podcast with Kenny McIntosh. It was interesting to hear both of your starts. Fightful is spreading in Europe. Well, thank you. That is the idea behind that, is that I'm doing some some European stuff. So Got to get those... Got to get those Brits over here, Jimmy. <laughs> there you go. So, Matt Hardy, so I have my own opinion on things, but before I get to it, I would like uh, our resident wrestling journalist, Sean Rossap, to tell us the facts first. Uh, <laughs> why are you shaking your head? Why are you shaking your head? I never call myself a journalist because people think it's pretentious now. In my bio, Do they? It, in my bio it says so-called journalist because you know how many times – I've gotten tweets that say so-called journalist. I'm sure. I have that phrase muted on Twitter at this point. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, I would like you first to kind of tell us the facts uh, from the all-out spot and the aftermath. Uh, because there's been some conflicting information. Yeah. Rebby Sky says concussion. Tony Khan says no concussion. Tell me about what happened. It, it seemed to me watching the spot like the table was too close. Because w- yeah. when, you, when you're going to take a spear off that thing, you're never going to go straight down, which is what, what would have been required to go through the table. You're always going to go on a trajectory like that. So I think the table was too close. But uh, tell me what happened and what you've heard about Matt Hardy and how he's doing. Table was too close. They should have had it skirted with a pad underneath it. That's what they should have done. Uh, there was no reason to not have that done. I don't know if Matt Hardy has a concussion or not. I have not spoken to him. I reached out to him 
immediately. I reached out to him and I didn't hear back. Um, and right now, Re the, the Rebby's phrasing, I think, got a lot of people. Cause she said, 1,000% a concussion. That seems more of an opinion than a diagnosis. Yeah, to me. I think so too. Yeah. yeah, and what happened was immediately after that, the referee, Aubrey Edwards, did her job and th like let everybody know there was an injury. Tony Khan called for the end of that match. That doctor should have never, quote unquote, cleared Matt Hardy to keep going. Matt Hardy was laid out just stiff. Well, I don't mm. want to say stiff, but out laying there for like 40, 45 seconds. If you go out at all, you should not continue a match mm -hmm. at all, at all. I, I mean, I've interacted with Matt Hardy. I've known Matt Hardy for years. I'm sure that Matt went back there. And this is my hunch. This isn't a, a confirm, confirmation. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he said, I will do it. Mm -hmm. I will keep going. The Matt Hardy will not die thing is a very real thing. Like he wants to do it. And the poor luck this guy has had from getting a chair thrown at his face to time cut from his match to, to their match being delayed because of Sammy's suspension to blood and guts getting postponed, debuting without a crowd, having to drop his gimmick. He has had bad luck in AEW, and this continues with it. They should have never let that go. Mm -hmm. They should have never let it go. You come up with something else. You say, well, I guess Matt Hardy's out of AEW. He lost the match, and you move on. You yeah. move on. And he, he bids his farewell. Maybe Sammy comes out and says, you know what? No, I'm not done beating you up yet. I'm having fun beating you up. Maybe we'll do this at another time. There are ways to pivot. Look at how Look at how WWE did the Mandy Rose, Sonya thing. I thought that was fine, mm -hmm. given the circumstances. And everybody would have known these circumstances. And, like, we're all in on it, guys. We know it's not real. Mm -hmm. If something like that happens, we're okay. We're going to be all right if you look out for the safety of your wrestlers. I've said this before. In my experiences dealing with AEW and specifically Tony Khan, I truly believe that he cares about the well-being of his of fans and his wrestlers and his staff. This was a gigantic misstep. Agreed. This was bad. This you, you can't let him. I don't care what that doctor says. You cannot let him do that. I agree, and, and to me, again, this is the problem when you are learning on the fly how to be a promoter. And, and Tony Khan, I think he's had more hits than misses, but there have been cases in the past where, where bad decisions have been made due to inexperience. And what really concerned me about this more than anything else was how nonchalant he was in the post-show media scrum. It's one thing for him in the moment to decide to let it continue, and, uh, you know, again, he, he, you know, he said, oh, well, the doctor cleared him and Matt wanted to go or whatever. The fact that he was so nonchalant about it afterwards and kind of shrugged his shoulders and said he's fine. It's almost like he wanted to move on to the next question. Yeah. That was the biggest concern I had with it. The problem with this thing is that Tony Khan knew what was coming up next in the match. He knew that they were going to be going up a 15-foot scaffold and that Sammy was going to get thrown off. He knew that was coming. That means that you had a guy that just smacked his head on the concrete, got knocked out for whatever you said, 40, 45 seconds, and you know that he's going to be following that up by climbing up a 15-foot scaffold. That is yep. absolutely a Tony Khan problem, and it's Tony Khan's fault, and he's very lucky that things didn't end up worse because what could have happened if Matt had gone up there? And I realized that it was almost like an enclosed scaffold thing. Yeah. Um, but what if he had gone up there and blacked out? What if he had gone up there and got dizzy? 
What if he had gone up there and whatever and loses his footing and now he's sliding down or, or whatever? Anything could have happened. It was, uh, it was definitely a misstep. And you, you already made the point about Matt uh, being the kind of wrestler that wants to continue. The other problem with this is that Matt knew the stipulation. Tony Khan knew the stipulation. Cody Rhodes has been very vocal about talking about how we want to honor our stipulations. If I said that I lost this match and I can't challenge for the title, I'm not going to challenge for the title. I think that's part of the problem. They knew the stipulation was if he loses, he's out of AEW. And so they, I think Tony Khan also wanted it to continue, I think. And uh, very, very well, irresponsible and unprofessional. Obviously, he did because it did continue, and it's his, it's his company. He gets yeah. to decide that. His yeah. company. Uh, we have some super chats. Reminder: Donate, get your question or statement read on the air. Queen Hannah says, "No way, the doctor did any actual exam in 90 seconds. Could you imagine, Jimmy? Not especially no, especially smacking his head on the concrete like that. You could have had a fracture. Yes. And Tony yes. Khan's got him climbing up a scaffold. Are you crazy? Are you yeah. crazy? That and, was uh, really bad. Yeah, I just want to be transparent. I've not talked to Matt or Rebbe. I, I don't know where he is, what he's doing right now. I, I have tried, though. But if they want their privacy and they want to save it for well, whatever. Dynamite, whatever I they think. they want to save it for. Yeah, if it, whether it be that or Matt coming out three hours before and saying he's okay. That's, that's their call, and I'm completely in agreement with that. Patel Run 6 says, after hearing the Clay Travis and Washington Post, uh, journalists are getting a very bad rep. I'm not hip to that. I just know that Clay Travis is a moron. Uh, he's a moron. I don't know who that is. Yeah, well, he's a moron. That's who he is. <laughs> Dalmar Abdi says, are they going to merge the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles or have the winners take all, hold both straps until they drop one of them? That's the popular belief backstage, Jimmy, and I'm actually going to write a column for, for WrestleTalk magazine about how badly... WWE has fumbled their tag division. And it's sad, Jimmy, when yeah. I'm at the point where I'm like, yeah, they should. Not because it's the right thing to do, yeah. but because based on how inept they are at tag teams, it's the right thing to do. Because it's definitely not the right thing to do. But given their lack of skill or even caring, then yeah, I think I think they should. I mean, it's not they, it's Vince McMahon. Vincent Mann is the one that doesn't respect tag team wrestling. It, 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 that's been one of his MOs for years. And this is all of Vince's thing. I was going to talk about AOP later, but we already kind of mentioned it. When you look at two things I think of, number one, AEW's tag team division. It's, it's probably the strength of the company. Mm -hmm. And I think back to WWE in, say, the 80s, you know, before Vincent Mann became senile. They had so many phenomenal tag teams. The first Survivor Series in 87, they did a five-on-five, five teams versus five teams Survivor Series match. And they had the, the Bees out there and the Bulldogs and the Heart Foundation, and I think Demolition might have been in it, and, and Strikeforce might have been in it. They had so many great tag teams because tag team wrestling still meant something to WWE back then. I don't know why Vincent Mann doesn't like tag team wrestling now. Maybe he just doesn't think you can establish yourself as a star if you're not a singles wrestler. But uh, he doesn't respect it. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't see the, the value in it. And uh, it's unfortunate. And their men's and women's tag team divisions have both suffered because of yes. it. And AEW is, you know, they're, they're benefiting from it now. And not just yeah. AEW, Impact too. Basically everybody but WWE is benefiting from these decisions. Yeah, I completely agree, and there, there's <laughs> firing AOP or, or whatever went on there is just another nail in the coffin for that tag division. Evan Wright sends a super chat and says they need to include NXT. Their division sucks too. Uh, yeah, it does. 
it's real bad. Uh, Adam Darwin says, do you think AEW is too hardcore at the moment? No, not really. It's different than WWE, and I'm okay with that. Uh, Martin McGreskin says, some Brits have been here from the start, and it's great to see Fightful starting to get the recognition it deserves. I appreciate that, and it is pretty cool to see how quickly we've grown. Uh, but Lonnie Barker kind of goes back, and, and I think Jimmy answered this pretty well, but he sent us a generous super chat, so I want to want to give it uh, a little more time. He says, hey, guys, thanks for everything that you do. My question is, how can WWE legally stop wrestlers from 30 third-party platforms if they're truly independent contractors? Yeah. I'm a 1099. I can work for anyone I want. Well, truly, they can't. I mean, again, it comes back to the IP, and 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 you mentioned it too, Sean. It is true, like I like I mentioned, if they want to use a WWE produce image, if they want to use WWE catchphrases, if they want to wear wear their their ring gear, if they want to do anything that is a WWE trademark, that is WWE intellectual property, then legally they can't, they're not supposed to. Legally, they're not in the right to do that. But um, otherwise, it's, it's, it is difficult, especially if they're using their real name, if they're using their own photo, like Alexa Bliss is doing on Cameo. They have, there's nothing they can do about that unless, again, they want to be spiteful. Unless yeah. they want to say, okay, well, we can't stop Alexa Bliss from doing that, but we can bury her ass on SmackDown. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I agree. That just gave me a lot of uh, gimmick ideas for spiteful for fightful. Uh. There you go. There you go. You know, we were talking about uh, uh, FTR and all this, so I wanted to mention this point, and I was going to talk about AEW a little bit later, but look at their champions right now in AEW. John Moxley is the AEW champion. Brody Lee is the TNT champion. FTR are the tag team champions. These are all wrestlers that wanted out of WWE. Then on top of that, you can throw Chris Jericho into that mix too. These are all wrestlers that wanted out of WWE. Now they are all in prominent positions in AEW. Where would AEW be if it had not been for the poor direction, poor creative, poor everything in WWE that led to these guys wanting to leave? Where would AEW be? Yeah, they'd still have the Omega. They'd still have the Bucks. They'd still have Cody. They'd still have Paige, a few other guys. Oh, but where- Jimmy, it's, it's way beyond that. It supplemented the entire roster. Absolutely. Dustin Absolutely. Rhodes, their resident veteran, wanted out of WWE. Right. Jack's, or Jake Hager, the muscle of Inner Circle, wanted out of WWE. Mm. Matt Hardy, a guy who... We're talking about more than the, the title matches this week, for better or for worse. Wanted out of WWE. All the, uh, even Sean Spears, a guy who yeah. is integral in Dark. Pack, who's stuck outside the company. Yep. Um, they're people, uh, really, except for Matt Cardona. Everybody that's a former WWE guy wanted out of WWE. Yeah. And I mean, like a recent former WWE guy. Don't point at Trent Beretta. Or anything like that, guys. Yeah. Um, they That's all true. wanted out and Tay and Tay Conchi, but that was somebody that just wasn't used, and she asked for her release too. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. I want to move on and and talk about Chris Jericho. Uh, now, I could talk about the Sturgis rally and how Jericho posted his silly crap on Twitter, and how analysis now is suggesting that up two hundred fifty thousand COVID cases uh, are, are uh, coming from the Sturgis rally. I'm not going to talk about that. What I want to ask you about is. Do you think that Chris Jericho has now officially entered the last phase of his career? And what I mean by that is he just finished up a program with Orange Cassidy. He lost the rubber match, even though he didn't get pinned and he didn't submit, but he lost the rubber match. He claims that he's going to move on to a new program this week, and I think he's doing something with Janela and Sonny Kiss, I believe. 
Do you think he's moved on to the to the last phase of his career, which is working with and putting over new talent? Yeah, I think I'm sure he'll get another title shot. Yeah, wouldn't hate to see him in like a tag division or even a TNT title thing. I think so. But then again, in his own mind earlier this year, he said this is the first time he really felt like he was the best person in the entire world uh, at wrestling. So I wonder, and he's been very outspoken about creative, but he did have a long enough run on top that now almost anything that he does feels somewhat important. I, I just, I just don't like, Oh, let's do this mass three straight times. I don't like it anywhere. And the fact that AEW almost never does it really accentuated it. Cause I would have just rather, I would have just rather orange Cassidy beat him. And then I really, I would have rather, rather this match happen first and this be the catalyst for Jericho being livid and then Orange Cassidy pin him. I agree. Like, I, th- I think that would have worked a lot better. Like, he throws him in the mimosa pit in his jacket. He gets mad. He wants a real match because you didn't pin me. Right. You just threw me in a pit, and then you do that match. It, it seemed all backwards, the booking did. I, 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 didn't I like, agree. I didn't like that feud. I had no problem with the three matches thing just because he wanted it to be more of a program than a, than sure. a one-off match. But I, I agree with everything you just said. And, and going into All Out, I was curious to see the Mimosa Mayhem match. I was just kind of curious to see what they were going to do. But because this was supposed to be a heated feud and Jericho, you know, got color and, and he's yelling at, uh, at Cassidy and you son of a bitch and trying to make like it's this heated thing. But then they're doing the hope spots like, whoa, whoa, I might yeah. fall in. It took you out of it took me as a as a fan out of it. So I agree. This should have been the first or maybe the second match. And then the one where Cassidy pinned him should have been the final. I hundred percent agree with you on that. I think that's 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 accurate. Um how's Matt Seidel doing? He's fine from what I Is understand. He? He's fine. Uh okay. since he's gonna change up his offense a little bit. Uh Evan writes in the super chat and says, I'd like to see Sammy retire Jericho eventually. I don't know if we'll ever see Jericho quote unquote retire. Like right. even if he retires from AEW, I think he'd do a WWE match. I think so too. I but I, so. I do like the idea of Sammy putting him out to pasture for sure. Yeah, Sammy's great. I, he's definitely going to be a star. So, so um, Matt Seidel is, is is he signed or is that just a one off appearance? I was going to ask. I didn't. I didn't hear. As far as I understand, it's. I don't know if it's a one off appearance, but I don't think he's got a contract yet. But but I'll try to find out. Okay, and uh, then I also wanted to ask you about the live fan experience because they've been doing ticket sales, uh, limited capacity. I can't recall how many fans, 750 or something. Um, All out, aside from the humidity, because I I read about how humid humid it was, but aside from that, how was the live fan experience in terms of COVID protocol? Were there any issues? Because I was always concerned about, say, bathrooms, concessions, all of that. So how was the fan experience from what you've heard? Concessions is contactless. It's pickup only. Um, okay. So they, they do it like that. I don't know about restrooms. I just know that uh, that the humidity legitimately did take everybody out. Like yeah. that was a common point that kept getting bring, brought up to me. Other than that, I've heard that one, they don't let the groups in in clusters. Your groups are let in individually. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know if they did temp checks for this, but they've been doing temp checks in the past. Okay. All right. Well, so far, I guess so good. I mean, you know, the, the COVID numbers in the U.S. still aren't great, but I haven't heard anything stemming from an AEW event. So at least yeah. they got that. 
I'm moving on to NXT. I haven't maybe, seen maybe it. maybe if they do AEW Road Wild, they'll they'll be able to get some good Cody faces. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I haven't been able to see NXT yet because of course they don't air it live in Canada, but uh Finn Balor wins the title. How was the match? I heard there was some kind of nonsense criticism of Finn Balor's age or something. I mean, yeah, that's always going to be a thing. People are like, "Oh, he's old." All right. It's a cable TV show. It's not quite the developmental brand that you guys remember. I mean, right. it is to some degree, but he came back from WWE. He, he came there to to uh, to kind of give them some star power. Yeah, to elevate the brand. Doing. Yep. Yeah. How was the match? It was pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty good. There's. It was fine. It was what you expect out of an NXT takeover match. Here's the thing: Adam Cole kicked out of a coup de gras. He's like the first person to do it. I don't know how I feel about that. Keep the move strong. But he also gave Finn Balor respect. It was a very babyface thing afterwards. Oh, he did? Yes. Interesting. So it looks, looks like very babyface-ish. How do you rate the odds of NXT moving to Tuesdays permanently at some point? I, I would say 75%. Oh, okay. I actually thought you were going to say higher than that. No, nah, I'd say 75% uh, that it will, but... I'll let you know after about 4 p.m. Eastern today. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe it might be longer because of Labor Day this week. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I should also mention that if you go to FightfulSelect.com after this, we're going to talk about Cedric Alexander. We're going to talk about Roman Reigns, Mustafa Ali. going to talk a little bit more about Big E. So uh, we're going to talk about more stuff on uh, Fightful Select after this. That's all I got for you, buddy. Well, we have a few more super chats. Evan Wright says the WWE reject stuff need to stop. These guys look better now than when they have in the majority of their WWE runs. I see those comments everywhere. I do too. I see all these people that say, "Oh, well, I guess Matt Hardy shouldn't have left WWE." And I'm like, "Yeah, so he could get fired in April." Yeah, I'm sure he shouldn't have left WWE at all. Uh, oh, Ty Dillinger's no better off. Yeah, he's on TV every week doing stuff i agree well it never should have yeah well <laughs> creative satisfaction is very important to a lot of people i agree dalmar said how many teams from nxt did vince destroy uh aop even the hype bros to a degree ftr it's team after team forgotten sons they're they're gone i'd say ascension but i thought they always sucked yeah i wasn't a big wasn't a big fan of them and k2 kyd says the blood and guts uh inner circle match done actually i think that was yeah, that was K2KYD. I don't know what you mean by that. They didn't do that match. Uh, so you're going to have to specify a little bit more on that. But we're out of time. Leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. Now, what uh, about what about uh, something from from uh, The List Goes On last week that you I thought you wanted to air, didn't you? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things I wanted to air this week, Jimmy, but you talked so much. Oh. Like, like, you talked so Tell much. It, like, everything was like a mouthful, almost oh. like. A mouthful of cereal, beautiful, delicious cereal. <laughs> or, or I don't know. Are, are you going to try to keep me from making that deal, Jimmy? Are you going to keep me from making this deal with MagicSpoon.com? Are you going to try to keep me from my zero sugar, my 11 grams of protein, my three net grams of carbs in each serving? Are you going to try to keep me from my variety packs, cocoa, fruity, frosted, blueberry, all in one pack? Because I love cereal, Jimmy. I like it. It makes me happy. It creatively satisfies me, Jimmy. <laughs> I like magicspoon.com, especially slash Fightful. And I like the fact that I can go and get free shipping when I use that code Fightful. I like that when I'm trying to cut down on carbs, sugar, and unhealthy food, 
I can go to Magic Spoon and get some of their delicious cereal. I like the fact that one of their boxes lasts as long as like three. Why? Because it fills me up, Jimmy. <laughs> not like those other cereals where you just keep filling it up, filling it up, filling it up, and you're still not full. Those other cereals aren't keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, or GMO-free, and you can't get free shipping when you go to magicspoon.com slash Fightful and any of those other guys, just our, our homies at Magic Spoon. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly what you were talking about, Jimmy, not anything else, because nothing else has happened. Did you say keto-free? Keto-friendly. Oh, okay, you said keto-free. Keto Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It's a significant difference, actually. There's a big difference. <laughs> but I'm going to keep talking in this tone because otherwise I'll have to admit that you're right. And I'm not prepared for that. K2KYD said the inner circle elite feud, is it never coming back with fans? No, it's never coming back with fans. Not, not to that level. They're not bringing that back just to say, hey, here's that blood and guts match we didn't do. Mm. They did a perfectly awesome stadium stampede match. Agreed. And that's that's definitely it, Jimmy. We don't have anything else at all. Nothing else you want to show. Nothing else you want to air. No. Well, in that case, I want to point out something. So last week, uh, in case you missed, the list goes on, which is the extended version of the Listening Boy podcast that we don't do over on FightfulSelect.com. In case you missed that, Sean Ross Sapp was griping about how I put up the clip of him uh, challenging Melissa for the Fightful Championship and how he was saying, well, that was absolutely the only time that's ever happened. I had to remind him that it actually wasn't and that there was another title defense. And uh, I, we decided, let's put up the clip from Fightful Select, from the list goes on, of that to, on here. Let's go out with this, Camillo. So put that out uh, to end the show, and then, uh, and then we're done. Have a good week, everybody. Thank you to Matt Scales for the Super Chat. Yeah, I agree. And... I, all the best to him. I mean, hopefully he signed that deal before. I mean, because WWE might just be like, meh, no deal for you for a while. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think so either. No. Um, you know, I didn't bring this up on the main show air, but I think that Melissa is kind of injury prone. Really? I think that Melissa is injury prone and she should be stripped of the title. Are you saying this because you're sour that last week you claimed she hadn't defended the title and I proved you wrong by airing footage of one of her title defenses against you? Is that why you're saying this? No, for sure not. And I'm not convinced that that's real footage. You have a very talented uh, like developer team and graphics team. I don't I think that possibly that was all not real. Because if I put you on the spot right now, I doubt that footage would just appear. So you think that that was the only challenge that you made to Delissa, given the 365 rules of the Fightful title? You think that is the only attempted challenge on your part against Melissa for the Fightful Championship? Well, considering I'm me and I would know, then yeah. Yeah, I would say that, that I have not been able to challenge Melissa at any time over the last year for that title, so she should have to vacate it. You bring this on yourself. Shame on you for lying to your loyal viewer, Sean Rossap. You bring this on yourself. There's been more than one attempt. I have the footage. I had a, an inkling that you were going to do this. So I was ready to go. Camillo, let's put up that title shot. Fuck you, Brady. Let's see if it's this. 
Melissa, can I see you for a second? <laughs> Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.